Hey everyone, Mike here, your host for 19 Hits the Dragon. Hop it in before the episode gets underway, uh, just to say this is part two of our uh, one-shot adventure, two sides of the same coin. If you've made it here without listening to part one, just go back in the episode, check out part one, then come back here, pick up right where you left off. Uh, and yeah, with that, enjoy the show. I would love, love for you to split a party of fifth level characters. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. We'll be doing all so, over the place. Yeah. So we'll be heading to the my left nut, and y'all will be going to Correct. <laughs> <laughs> So, you have discovered these psionic markings, having shared it with the party. Um, It has caused some stir. It makes sense that it would have been kept under wraps. And you now have a mission, a couple missions, and you must venture out at this point. Uh, Your tavern is now closing, so unless you're going back to your rooms, uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Uh, your barmaid is loudly placing chairs on tables around you and giving you, you know, the uh, um, crashing. Is she trying to tell us something? I think she wants us to make one more order before we go. <laughs> <laughs> Round of seawater for the table. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a dog outside. Like, God damn alley dogs. And she rushes out behind the bar, uh, and you hear yipping and yelling as she's swearing at them loudly. Uh, and you hear, get your own seawater! I will! And she is gone. So, at this point, you guys, are, I assume, are wandering out of the tavern. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, I think it might be a good idea if we sort of stick to um, the, the two jobs, as it were. Uh, some of us were told to investigate grief and others to investigate malice. I would like to see this gambling establishment. Um, I think it is known as My Left Nut. Yes? Mm, that's right. That's right. I'll come with you. On who that who would like to come with me to My Left Nut? I will have, with a big smile on my face. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, yes. <laughs> I've already gone. I prefer the place across the street. Uh. <laughs> all right so i i must find the dock all right so your party begins to head down the road now it's essentially split like i said you're a little further yeah. inland here you're having to walk further into town and you're getting to essentially where you would split up when you come across a road um now i'm gonna guess all of you have perceptions that are pr- Passive perceptions that are probably over at least to 12, 13. Mine it's at 12. 12. It's at 12, yeah. Something you notice as you're out, and it is later than otherwise um, you would be, there aren't a lot of people on the streets. Uh, and it's possibly the news of increasing frog panning and, uh, you know, malformations and deaths. 
It could be, well, there are a lot of things. You guys have really kind of kept to yourselves aside from your jobs. So it is fairly jarring when you come across a street that has several people standing there. Uh, it's a slightly broad street. It's mostly commercial down this road here. A few closed shops, some warehouses, and what you see are several overturned carriages in this road. The horses that would have been pulling them have been, well, like I said, you have decent passive perceptions, have essentially exploded. Uh, as you look closer, they haven't just exploded per se, something or things have pushed themselves out of the horses. Half bodies, tentacles, eye stalks, and other limbs lay protruding from their flesh. The carriages themselves are smashed mostly to pieces. Standing, not just, you know, staring at the horses, as you would assume people would after such a horrible sight, are four hooded figures, and they are all facing your direction. The closest one as you come across the street, because the city is laid out in sort of a... Uh, semicircle grid, if that makes sense, from the harbor. It's not going to be a perfect square-by-square square block like New York, but rather it's a circular cove or harbor, so it comes out in a semicircle grid, essentially. So as you come across this street and see this, you spend half a second. It's not hard to take all this in. The moon is bright. There are no clouds. And in this heat, you can smell blood and other fluids from these horses. You also smell the fresh reek, not just waft that you would get from the harbor of seawater. You smell brackish, dirty, black, oily water. The men in the street standing there, like I said, the closest one is probably about 20 feet from you. There's one another 10 feet, and so on. Uh, they're wearing cloaks, they're wearing hoods, and all four of them have a large scimitar in each hand, held almost at the ready, standing, staring in your direction. Anyone else getting kind of hungry? <laughs> oh, just me? All right. Not quite hungry, more queasy. Uh, wow. Do they see us? They're looking towards us? They're staring straight at you. And as, yeah. uh, as Terrence says this and you respond, the first one that's closest to you takes one step forward. You see he's wearing the same type of waterproof, leather-tight garments that you would wear on a ship. Um, under this cloak, and the cloak is actually what you would know at this point, a sailor's cloak. It's actually made mostly of canvas and has weights in the hem to keep it from blowing in the wind. It's These are usually made of even just sails themselves, so these are sturdy, heavy sailor's cloaks from what you know in the local area. Uh, even though, you know, he's, you can see he's probably about 5'10", Almost six foot, does not seem to be heavily built, but is holding these two large scimitars with ease. 
And as he steps forward, you hear a sucking, wet sock. Not just as his foot hits the ground, but as you watch him breathe in the moonlight, almost this gasping sound coming from him. He takes one step and then stops. Strange creatures walk the streets of this city. Hello there, sir. Have you heard of our our beloved Spawn Mother? Oh, you're going to want to listen to this. (laughs) All four of them take steps forward. They're about 15 feet. They're not running. They just seem to be slowly pacing toward you. Uh, Do you speak common? Do you speak at all? They do not respond as they're getting closer. You hear this noise, this gaspy, wet sucking sound is getting louder from the one closest to you. I draw my war pick and warn them to to halt their advance. Can we see any survivors around the carriages or just anyone that needs help? Not that you can tell in the moonlight here. You would have to, uh, you'd have to do some closer investigating. Uh, I warned them. Uh, I have a bag of rocks. <laughs> he does. Let's he, get. He does know how to use his bag of let's rocks. Let's get some initiative because yeah. as you have warned and raised weapons at this point, the first one it seems as he raises, the other three raise their scimitars as well, and sprint forward toward you oh, in unison. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> I I do not like. That I am starting to believe about that they are not okay. friendly. <laughs> you you told them about the spawn mother, didn't you? Caro <laughs> yeah. spends the whole battle. I, just like I was really hoping they were fellow like, clergy so please, of yours. You don't understand. The spawn you mother can save you from this. <laughs> All right, so let me get. I'm gonna get everyone. Unless that sopping sound is the spawn mother. Okay. Let's hear it, guys. Who's got what initiative? Uh, 21. 21 for Terrence? 21 for Terrence. Okay. Uh, dirty 20 for Caro. Caro 20. Nice. So dirty. It's it's a dirty 20. <laughs> Clean off that 20, man. <laughs> I got a 6 here for Castian. 6 for Castian. Perfect. Uh, 17 for Zelkin. 17. Gaze. 22. And Granny. Spicy. You're frozen. It, but making the best expression while you're frozen. It's fantastic. It's, it's pretty great. Hang on. We're catching sure. up. I think it's our internet just being shitty. Sorry. Y'all. That's fine. Internet do inter- do what internet does. Oh, no. It's not the internet. My tower has decided to blue screen me. So give me a hot second to get you that number that you need. Ooh. Oh, oh no worries. shit. That's all right. It's always during a recording, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way. While while we're waiting, easily, tell me a little bit about the Spawn Mother. What what top top tenant of the Spawn Mother? What do you got? So so top thing about the one thing about the Spawn Mother you gotta know Ooh, uh, yeah. is that uh, the Spawn Mother is actually the progenitor of all things. So like uh-huh. Grung oh. Grung of course have the form of the Spawn Mother, so they're elevated creatures, right? But like everything really is given birth by the Spawn Mother. 
So we're all technically frogs. Oh yeah, absolutely. <gasps> if you if you like dig down deep enough, like the frog is inside of you. That's why you can actually say that like you know these people are popping like frogs because really we're all just frogs, right? This is true. <laughs> exactly. Granny, what's your AC? It's, it's frogs all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Granny, what's your initiative? That would be a seven for Granny Bubka. Seven, perfect. All right. So first up is going to, uh, as these men, creature, threats, wielding their scimitars, wearing these sailor's cloaks, sprint towards you. Uh, Gaze, you are actually going to get the first action here. Uh, You are not surprised, and they are also not surprised. The layout here, this road is about 30 feet wide. There are some buildings, like I said, mostly, excuse me, warehouses, some shops with some darkened windows you can see through. There are these broken carriages. There's about, you would, looking down this road here, see between you and about 70 feet out, there's about a dozen carriages here. Like, more carriages here than you have seen through the rest of the town most of the day. Um, okay. The buildings reach and- up to about two stories, and every 10 feet or so, or I'm sorry, 20 feet or so, there is a small alley on the side as well. All right. Um, so I think what I'm going to do... How, how close are these guys to each other? So I mentioned they were roughly... Uh, I mentioned a number, and I totally have not forgotten it, but the first guy <laughs> was about 15 from you, and the next one I mentioned they were about... 10 feet. Now they're staggered, they're not standing in an easily zappable line, but they're, you know, kind of staggered, but they're roughly 10 feet each from each other. Okay. So the furthest one ranging about 40 feet out. Well, plus 15, about 55 feet out for the furthest one, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. So, but they are definitely not all within, like, the, the, the closest one and the furthest one out is... There are there's forty feet between between them. Correct. Okay. Hmm. I guess they won't all get into a fairy fire box then. Uh, so fairy fire is twenty feet. Could I catch two of them inside of that then? Do it. Or three. Uh, what's the range? You tell me. So it is a twenty foot cube. Fairy you could get fire. Two is. of them. Did two of them. Okay. Yep. Is it a deck save on that, I imagine? Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm going to cast Fairy Fire on the closest two. So it's a dexterity saving throw, uh, DC 14. Okay, so the guy closest to you passes, uh, but the okay. second one does not. And he, what color is your Fairy Fire? Uh, we're going to say it is like... Uh, it's like uh, like uh, like starfire, kind of a, a mostly gold, but with some hint of orange uh, ish okay. in there, burning nice. behind it. Nice. So the first one, uh, as you go to cast out, excuse me, you see as you cast this, it's a dex to save this, but he doesn't dodge this bolt, or he doesn't dodge or shake off this dust that begins to fall on him. He kind of blurs a little bit it's almost like for half a second he blurs for about five feet and the other one tries the same but doesn't quite time it correctly Hmm. are you moving 
I will not move, but as a bonus action, I'm going to assume my starry form. So um, all across my body, uh, like points light up uh, in the shape of what looks like an archer, um, essentially. Because you're a moon so. druid, right? Or a druid? Of the uh, it's a starry. Yeah, star Circle of stars. Circle of stars is yeah. a badass class. Okay. Yeah. Gaze, anything else? You're good. That is my turn. Terrence, you're up. All right. Terrence is regarding the, the quote-unquote men running over to us, and he's going to bring up the bag of rocks. And you see he's going to reach in. He's going to take three rocks. He's going to whisper to them very quietly. He's going to trace his finger across each. And you see each of them uh, begin to flash as he casts magic stone as a bonus action. Uh, and as my attack, I'm going to throw the magic stone as a ranged spell attack. Uh, okay. Probably at... Uh, I'm going to throw one of them uh, uh, with great, great uh, regret in my heart because I don't want to lose any of these stones. But I'm going to throw this one. It's your favorite rock. Oh, like, it's God. unfortunately... It was the one on top you grabbed because it was the prettiest. It's the one you liked looking mm -hmm. at. Mm -hmm. But it's also first reaction, first rock, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. even even Terrence isn't isn't uh, immune to to flights of panic, you know. Uh, but okay, he's gonna he's gonna launch this over at the guy. The first guy. First guy. Uh, he's gonna hit a fifteen. F fifteen is gonna hit against his AC. Sweet. Okay, so damage that does a one d six plus two. There's a total damage. Ooh, this guy's going to the fucking hospital with a damage of three bludgeoning. <laughs> three bludgeoning. <laughs> um, it call his next of kin. into his, his heavy canvas cloak, and you hear it hit his flesh, but you have thrown plenty of these rocks. That was not as hard a hit as you would have liked. It's because I liked it so much. I didn't want to break it. <laughs> That's fair. Anything else? You move in or throw in or doing anything else? Uh, No, no, no. I'm going to stay stationary. I'm going to stay where I'm at. I think that's great. I think all of you should stay in one spot stationary. Um, <laughs> Caro, what you got? Well, uh, everyone should for at least the duration of Caro's turn, because uh, currently we're all within 30 feet of each other, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Caro uh, is going to strike a pose like that famous disco one where you're pointing to the sky, right? Uh, and his finger is going to glow, and then a beam of light is going to shoot up and split and then rain down on the party. Uh, and everyone's gonna it, not not like fairy fire style like get, makes it easier to hit them, but everyone's gonna glow just just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, as you are all now under the effect of Beacon of Hope, uh, which Caro has just cast, uh, spending his action. So uh, I'll remind everyone who's not familiar: uh, Beacon of Hope uh, dis uh, bestows hope and vitality upon you. Uh, I can choose any number of creatures within my range of thirty feet, which you all were, uh, and for the next minute. Uh, you have advantage on wisdom saving throws and death saving throws, and uh, you regain the max number of hit points from any healing. That's a big nice. spell. Nice. nice. Can, can we That's just, for flavor, spell. can we say when he strikes the pose, we hear the baseline from BG staying alive? Oh, yeah. Very faintly. <laughs> awesome. He, awesome. He hums along to it as it, as it plays. <laughs> it happens every time I cast this spell. I do not know why. <laughs> I might change I religions. <laughs> This scroll, it says it's the only way it works. Uh, and I don't have any interesting bonus actions that aren't also spells, and I've already used my spells. So I think that's uh, it for Caro. Caro will, however, once he's cast that, uh, he's going to, like, 
He's only going to move back like 10 or 15 feet, but he's going to put the rest of the party in between him and the, these four four dudes. <laughs> that's fair. All right, Zelkin. I'm sorry. Are you good? Yep, that's it. Cool, Zelkin. Okay, um, I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at Gaze and go. Well, you just you stole my idea. Uh, as I am going to cast Fairy Fire on the other two people. Uh, that okay. we're not now they're all four. Yeah, uh, that was like the first thing I was I thought of, and he said he's gonna do it. I'm like, dang it! No, okay, you only got half. Uh, so I'm gonna cast Fairy Fire, Dex save 15 DC. Um, I'll wait for the saves before I describe it. They both blur as well. So neither two in the back are affected by fairy fire. You see okay. essentially the as they blur, <clears throat> their blur catches quickly for just a second with this fairy fire. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of phases off as they become... It's not that they're incorporeal. It's that they're just kind of blurry okay. for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's it shakes off of their form. Wow. Okay, that's a bummer. But my, for my fairy fire as well, uh, you guys watch as Zelkin had pulled out his rapier uh, and the hilt of it, on both sides of it, there's like a small red gem and the opposite side has a small pink gem in it. Uh, both of them flare up and these two beams of energy begin to uh, swirl around the rapier coming to the top of it before shooting out into the, creating that cube uh, and creating this combined light around them. Unfortunately, the blur happened. Uh, but that is uh, some of Zelkin's over-the-top flair. Um, That's some cool flavor. <laughs> uh, Zelkin uh, then is going <laughs> to probably begin backing up towards Karo. Uh, but on the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab uh, Castian on the shoulder and just go. You're a lot better than me, right? You got this. Uh, and I'm gonna give you a Bardic Inspiration. Yes, thank you. You're very welcome. Is that a D6? Uh, for me, it is a D8. Perfect. And when it's you... a great inspiration. Yeah, buddy, you got this, right? Because I'll be back here. <laughs> right. I'm like five feet behind him. Uh, and you, Caskey, and you do see that after I do that and you feel inspired uh, on the side of your head, like just floating off to the side, there's a small pinkish-red uh, orb, this, like, moat of energy that just begins floating around you. That's part of my, uh, that's part of my subclass. Sweet. That's cool. It's so cool. And when you, so when you use the dice, I will, there's something that'll happen with it. Uh, All right, I will let you know. All right. And as I'm right. right behind him, that's the end of my turn. Cool. So after that is the first one, this creature man thing um because up front here now we didn't really establish who's standing where we know kind of who is in the back but here's what i'm gonna say two of you backed up the rest of you have not so i'm gonna roll between got i'm gonna roll a d4 and assign it to the people on my screen all right <clears throat> gaze this first one charges you head on. He was the first one that took the steps. He was the first one that something was cast at. <clears throat> and he zeroes in on you. And as he comes charging in with these scimitars, 
you hear this wet sucking sound get louder and louder. Once he gets within uh, 20 feet, make me a constitution saving throw. And I'm going to say the other three oh of you okay. give me the same. The two that have not backed up. is a plus two. That is a 13. Okay. It's a 19 for Castian. Okay. Granny and who else didn't back up? That'd be me. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a seven for Terrence. Yeah. Don't be too impressed. Jimmy Stewart's not so great on the con saves. No. No. Chase two. <laughs> okay. So you four. Granny, what'd you get? I'm sorry. I got a four. Perfect. So uh, only two of you. Uh, if you rolled under a 10, the two of you are not going to be able to smell anything for an hour as this wafting brackish odor. It's almost, you know when you jump in a pool and you get chlorinated water straight up your nose? It's like that stinging, just that like, ugh, and it smells like that. Mm-hmm. That's what you have at this point. You are not going to be able to smell anything for an hour. Anyway. But this man thing charges to you with both his scimitars. What's your AC here? 17. The first one is a nat 20. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and the second one... Goodbye, Gabe. 16 plus. <laughs> it was good, good game. <laughs> so here's... Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. So the first one... Well, that definitely hits... It was real nice playing with you, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for hosting this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh god! So you're telling me so you take oh, god. sixteen damage from the Oof. first hit as he just digs right into you. You're, you know, you're bracing, you're ready, but he, as he comes in for a swing, doesn't just come in for a swing. As he starts to swing, his arm bends a little bit extra at the elbow out catching you off guard and just slicing into your side. Now with the second one, he's also going to hit. You only take six damage from that. Okay. But what happens as he swings and hits with the first one, he strikes you with the pummel of his scimitar on the next one and knocks you prone. Just he digs into your ribs and as you wheel back Ah. from that, cracks you right in the bridge of your nose and knocks you prone on the ground in front of him. Uh, after that, because that's all he's going to do... I'm the... supposed to make you see stars, not the other way around. <laughs> well, no. uh. The uh, third one here, he is actually going to... Well, he's going to run forward. He does not dash. You realize, while they're moving... He's not that fast. He does not get all the way to you. He stops about 10 feet away, which seems odd once you're actually watching them move and run towards you. He's only got about 25, 30 feet of movement here, and he stops short. Uh, After that is the second one, but he does have the range uh, because he's 10 feet closer. I'm going to again roll a d4. Granny. This guy runs up with his own scimitars. What's your AC? I'm sorry. AC is 16. 
he misses with both. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Some low rolls. Um, he's distracted momentarily by the goat because yeah. as yeah, he comes tracks. upon you, he's ready to swing on, you know, uh, whatever size and shape you are, and at the last moment, uh, seems almost fixated on your goat. <laughs> like goes for a swing and then stares straight down at your goat and almost haphazardly just bink, bink, completely doesn't make any good contact. But he's not looking at you. He's looking at Bertrand. Pro tip, never look a goat in the eyes. Uh, that was the second one. Granny, it is your turn. Alright. So... <laughs> Alright, so... Castian. Gaze and... Terrence... I'm casting aid. Have a hit point increase of five for the duration. Uh, each target's hit point maximum and current hit points increased by five for the duration. Choose up to three mm-hmm. creatures within aid, within range. Uh, yeah. Well, nice. Thank Just you. Works. Pretty great. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, yeah hopefully <clears throat> gaze will stop vomiting blood cool. everywhere. Uh, Much appreciated. Yeah, that's the end of my turn. After Granny, then is Castian. Yeah, Castian already had his war pick out. He was ready to charge in. Yeah, he was. But seeing that one is looming over Gaze, he instead turns and shifts his momentum in that direction. Thank you. As he charges in, he he screams out, unleashing his barbarian rage ability. In so doing, it triggers his, his path of the wild magic and appearing right beside that little pink-red orb from the bard on the other side appears a pixie that charges into battle with him. Yes. Castian goes to impale the war pick into the face of the first... Uh, of the first, uh, what are we calling these guys? Guys? Goons? Uh, hooded hooded goons. I like goons. Bros. Yeah, yeah. Into the face of the of the first goon. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, I gotta find the right button. I think it's more of wet goons since they sound so squishy. I like All right, that. so we got a tw- we got a 21 to hit with the war pick. Yeah. Oh yeah. And damage dice. We're looking at a total of 10 damage. Okay. Does he still stand? He does. He's taken 13 damage. Okay. But what I will say, as you dig this pick into his face, it reels back. And as it reels back, the hood falls back and its face is actually revealed. But its face is not a fixated surface. It seems like his face is shifting between other faces it's almost like it's murky itself like looking at brackish oily seawater and it makes this scream but as it does it's not audible it's not something echoing in the streets it takes half a second to realize that you're hearing it in your mind this wet almost like the sound of wind through broken windows scream echo through all of your minds. That's terrifying. Yikes. 
I'm gonna, nope, yeah, don't I'm like gonna, that. I'm going nope. to finish my move, take another step forward, and try to drive the swore pick into where I hope the creature's brain would be. Okay. Making my roll to hit. We're looking at a total of a only 11. I'm going to use that bardic inspiration, that D8. So this is for an attack roll that you're doing? Yeah. Okay. okay. A two hit. So go ahead and add it on. Okay, let me roll that real quick here. 1D8. It was only a one. Okay. <laughs> this still happens. So uh, as you use that inspiration, the moat of energy like pops. Uh, and Zach, question for you. How many creatures, uh, how many of these uh, wet goons are within five feet of, of Castian? I'm going to say the two of them. There's two? Uh, yeah. So the moat of potential bursts and then there's this uh i guess not super large uh thunderous energy that comes out from it both of those guys need to make a constitution saving throw the dc is 15 why you gotta be doing that well (laughs) neither of them passed so here's the kicker uh castian what what'd you roll on that die a one they they both take one point of thunder damage. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> we did yes. it. <laughs> These guys are doomed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. On that one, oh, the resistance. you hit. Oh. You go from swinging, and just as this thing blurs, your little bit of inspiration, you lean out a little bit to adjust the swing of your pick and catch this thing. Yes. Nine damage on that. Nine damage. Great. You into the side of this thing's head and as you do your pick suddenly feels very hot. Oh. And you hear this scream again. Give me a dex. Saving throw. Yes, please. Sorry. No sweat. 14. 14 does not pass. As this thing explodes almost like a water cannon in brackish, oily, dead water. And you take eight damage as this thing literally explodes with the concussive force of a cannon out from this cloak. All right. And at the end of my turn... My pixie friend also explodes. <laughs> so, a DC dex save of 11. And it targets all creatures, so I'm going to have to make it as well. Oh, no. Okay. And I I made it with a 23. This other guy does not make it. He takes 1D. No, all creatures, right? All creatures what, within so the, the radius. radius That's a great question. Give me a second here. Less than 30 feet, less than 30 feet, less than 30 feet. <laughs> he kills everyone. Yeah. So not to throw gaze under the bus, but aren't you in the range of that since you were right there? Yeah, that's that's why I was asking. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you're right under him. Yeah, you'll yeah. be making that too, and that will be... You're on the ground. Yeah, I'm not gonna within, within five feet. Yeah. Okay. Gaze, oh. go ahead, make it. Dex save? Uh, dexterity saving through, you said? Yeah, DC yeah. 11. That is a 14. Nice. 
my guy does not make it. Okay, so he takes six force damage. Cool. That was a wild turn. Uh, that was a wild. It was a lot of exploding. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> oh, that's the one who has fairy fire on him too. He um, yeah, he takes the six damage, and you hear uh, a screech again in your minds. Uh, right. After Cass is the anything else? I'm sorry. You good? After Cass is the last one, the furthest one away. Um, he runs forward about twenty feet and jumps at one of these horses. And as he jumps, like he kind of dives toward it, almost like he's going to grab a big handful of it. He sinks into it and disappears he literally almost dives into this horse and is gone and we are back to the top of initiative here gaze well that this situation just continues to get more and more horrifying why did i ever come to the city <laughs> um i will stand up uh, and then, let's see, I get this guy, so the, uh, the second one, then, um, is he, what, he's probably about, like, ten feet away from me, then, it yes. seems like? Okay, great. Just far enough that I'm going to, um, I, I hold up my, my starry map, and the uh, a beam of energy sort of shoots around the constellation on my body and then out of the map. And I will cast Guiding Bolt at this individual uh, who is about 10 feet away. And I have advantage because he is limbed in golden fire. So, tell you what, I go ahead and roll the damage and then let me know what Ooh, you I got a fucking natural 20 on that no shit yes so that is uh you said max damage plus max damage the roll. on first dice and then roll the second set okay so that's uh max damage for normal would be 20 because it's 4d6 no Sorry, 24 20, 4 yeah. 24. 24 i know how to do math it's fine <laughs> uh so 24 30 Six forty-one damage to this guy. Forty-one damage. And if there's anything left, he is glowing with radiant energy again. Okay. Still. Tell you what. <laughs> so as this happens, um, with this sort of damage, this thing essentially evaporates in concussive magical force. There's you hit this thing with enough damage and energy that it doesn't have a chance to explode as much as you just blow this thing apart. Excellent. Can't believe I crit with guiding. Oh yeah, <laughs> insane. Excellent. Hey, hey, crit on some on guiding bolts better than crit on nothing. Hey everyone, Mike here. Wanted to pop in and say thank you all so much for joining us for today's episode. Um, I know this is a bit of a break from the norm from what we typically do here at 19 Hits the Dragon, but Zach has prepared a, uh, a fun and spooky adventure to round out Season 2, and 
really hope you all are enjoying it as much as we enjoyed playing through it. Um, huge shout out to Zach and to really all of my guests from this season, without whom this show and certainly second season would not have been possible. Um, but a especially big thank you to Alex, David, David, and Ryan for joining us a second time this season. Uh, links to all their shows and content can be found in the show notes. Uh, check them all out. A ton of really great content that they've got for you uh, between the, the shows and, and Ryan's adventures and his blogs there as well. Um, and yeah, if you are enjoying what you're hearing so far, you can come back next Saturday, October 23rd. Uh, for an exciting conclusion to this story. What's going to happen with all the spooky uh, psionics running around this town? We'll probably cut that out. Or maybe not now that uh, I've said that. Anyway, uh, if you are interested in uh, more actual play content from myself and the rest of the crew here, uh, you can join us, well, tonight if you're listening to the show on the day that it, it airs, um, or I guess you can go and check the catch the VOD at a later date. Uh, anyway, playing Zach's game Corner Office uh, with him as a uh, game master tonight on the Obsidian Portal Twitch page. That's twitch.tv slash Obsidian Portal. It's a fun game, a uh, simple game where we'll all climb the corporate ladder during the apocalypse. Definitely not something that I'm at all familiar with here. Yeah. Anyway, check uh, check out my Twitter. Uh, follow me at 19HitsTheDragon to get updates about when the stream goes live. I'm sure you can also uh, follow Zach uh, at Conan underscore Librarian. Um, he'll be posting when the uh, stream goes live tonight as well. And like I said, if you're listening to this after October 16th, I'm sure you can go back and catch the VOD. Uh, watch us all have a fun time. And as a Halloween special, I am going to join Tabletop Journeys and Dads with Nerdy Ambitions in a cross-platform collaboration uh, where we play through the Aliens tabletop RPG adventure Chariot of the Gods. Uh, the first episode will go live on the uh, Dads with Nerdy Ambitions channel October 29th, uh, part two following that on Tabletop Journeys channel on October 30th, and the thrilling conclusion, Halloween Day, right here on October 31st. You can check out the, uh, the conclusion to that adventure. Um, and again, follow me on Twitter to get updates on how to catch all three episodes. And I'll update the show notes once those uh, links are live and you can just follow them right to the episodes. Um, yeah, but once again, listeners, thank you all so much for tuning in this season. It's been a blast. Um, getting to interact with people and sharing their and our wisdom and me stealing their ideas for my own games and to make myself a better dm um yeah that's actually i'm very uh, selfish person here uh, with this show anyway um <laughs> thank you for tuning in so far uh if you have enjoyed the show or enjoyed these uh one-shot episodes let us know what you think by leaving comments ratings reviews whatever you can wherever you get your podcasts um, and of course, the best way to help the show grow is to go out and tell 19 of your closest friends. Uh, thanks so much, everyone. And now back to the game. And uh, do you have anything else after this 
yes. wet goon has exploded. Yeah, so horrifying as that was, um, I still want to keep going. So there, the, the furthest guy jumped into the horse, but there is still one that is standing between us and uh, that guy, right? Correct. So then as a bonus action, the, uh, the starlight will trace around on the uh, archer constellation, and it will look as though it's drawing a bow back and firing an arrow which sends a bolt out of my hand uh, and blasts at him. Only, uh, that's a 12. To hit? Ooh. Yeah, that hits. Yeah. Excellent. Canvas is um, good for keeping out rain, not as much, you know, ranged magic attacks. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that is five radiant damage to that dude. Five. And that will... Uh, Actually, with the the rest of my movement, I'm going to kind of, like, hobble backwards. Uh, just kind of trying to, like, find where I was hit by the scimitar earlier so I can start patching myself up. So, you hit this thing with Radiant. Mm-hmm. As soon as Radiant touches it, it doesn't explode like the first one did, and it doesn't get, you know, demolished like you did the second one. This thing catches fire immediately like it was doused in kerosene. This thing goes up and even though it's about 15-20 feet from you it goes up so fast and so hot that you feel the hairs on your exposed arms singe. You smell anything loose on you like singeing a little bit. The heat is so intense off of this thing. It goes up like a flare for half a second before it evaporates into just a dust ash cloud where it stood it the whole process took all of half a second but you are everyone going to give me actually at this point uh it'd be con saves everyone <clears throat> yes please uh, you know how good i am at those Ooh. Hey, natural 20 again. This oh, dice is rolling real hot for me. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that beacon of hope do something? Uh, no, that's so, for wisdom. Yeah, it's for wisdom. Nothing, not, Can't do you nothing for con. All right. Terrence rolled a 14. I promise I did not design it just to ignore that. <laughs> um, uh, that's a, that's so a four for Caro. <laughs> anyone under 10 is blinded for one oh, minute no. because the light is so intense that even when you close your eyes it's still burned into your retinas, retinas amphibious or otherwise <clears throat> so anyone under 10 is blind for one minute who, who is that show of hands uh, yeah who would that be yeah show of hands just one just, just Caro. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Rough ride. He couldn't avert his poor, eyes. Poor he had to stare in. <laughs> He's he had, beautiful. To, he had to see the frog manning with his own eyes. Yeah, That's yeah. right. <laughs> All right. Terrence, you are up then. Uh, as far as you can see, there's no one else left. You don't know where number four is. I'm going to throw a magic rock over at the horse that he went into. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Give me a dead horse attack. <laughs> I am skilled at dead horse attacks, by the way. 
That's a class feature. Proficient and deadless attacks. Okay, I gotta I gotta burn these dice because I got a nine. Um, I mean, dodge <clears throat> dodge that horse. You hit him, like the tell you what, Sweet. dead horse. Not a lot of AC on that. Um, you hit it. Now you said this is a magic rock. Hell yeah, dog. <clears throat> the corpse of the horse does react, <laughs> and it doesn't react well. Well, for you, because the corpse of this horse stands up. No. No, of course. Uh, nope. Standing no. on three limbs, a tentacle, this long spiky finger thing, and what looks like an eye stock. And it opens its mouth, and this thing does make a sound, which I can't make. Maybe we'll edit it and post. But what would you think a horse with a blender in its throat would sound like? <laughs> So that thing, uh, what else do you do? You've made an attack. Are you moving or acting otherwise? I'm going to move away from it. I'm going to move 30 feet back. That's a good idea. After that is Caro. You are blind. He sure is. Uh, So Caro, upon being blinded by this, I think just... So he can't see any of this that has transpired. There are these crazy. Yeah, you can hear. Oh yeah, he, he hears the sound of a horse with a blender. Definitely in its hear all of us going, "What the?" <laughs> and then you hear a horse blender. Yeah. Well, if it sounds at all horse-like, Caro did see the creature hop into the horse. I think his instinctual response here, especially since he's like super freaked out because now he is blind. This is already a crazy circumstance. Uh, I think he's going to reach. He has like a, a brooch uh, that he wears. It's in the shape of a frog egg. Uh, it's representative okay. of the Spawn Mother, of course. Uh, and he grabs the brooch and he like holds it out in front of him. Uh, and you see it glow with a white hot holy light as he casts Turn Undead. Nice. And, he, and he's just like, uh, the... please stay back. The Spawn Mother uh, uh, f- formally requests it that you, you, you put some distance. <laughs> Uh, what's the range on that turn you'll have to give me the mechanic Um, that is okay so the range on that is 30 feet how far away is this I mean he doesn't know where the horse is so he's just casting it either way Um, but if if they're within 30 Um, feet um, then they must make a wisdom saving throw DC 13 so I'm gonna give it to you on this and it's a DC 13 you said it passes <clears throat> and it is angrier, if that makes sense. I, I am not surprised that this terrifying horse monster is not scared of our small frog man. <laughs> what else are you doing? Um, so that's his action. Uh, how long am I blinded for? Is that for the whole round? Or? So it's going to us one minute is. Oh, yeah. Ten so never rounds, mind. Ten rounds. But story. You know what? Story wise, that's lame. I'm going to give you a save next okay. round. Um, uh, opportunity. Yeah, rather. opportunity to as save. Long as, tell you what, as long as someone does something to aid him, I'll give him, you know, whether it's a medicine check, something, I'll give you a chance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Kara's going to, like, basically stumble backwards while he's cast this with his, his hand outstretched and, and says, like, uh, I, I I can't see it. Is it. Is the blender horse going away? Uh, <laughs> and he's going to, like, reach out. I think the closest person... Uh, Who's like towards the back? 
Zelkin is. Yeah, Zelkin's back here. Yeah. Uh, He's going to, like, grab probably, like, the hem of your garment, and he's going to, like, feel up your leg a little bit, because I I imagine you're substantially taller than he is. Oh, I'm probably, like, double your size. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he he grabs your butt. Sorry. Uh, It's it's accidental. Stop it! (laughs) Stop it! Oh, Delkin. Right now. I cannot see. Is there anyone who is worse for the wear right now? Gaze is dying. Oh, oh, Gaze, stop that. And Kara's going to cast his bonus action healing word. And that's going to be, he's actually going to cast that at the third level. Um, and that's max healing so, with your blessing, Yep, that right? is 14 uh, healing. Oh, snap. Nice. Because of Beacon of Hope. Yeah. I love okay. Beacon of Hope. That's so good. I feel right. significantly better. Thank you. Caro, anything else? Uh, <laughs> no, he's just now at this point holding on to uh, Zelkin's butt for dear life. <laughs> cool. Well, Zelkin, it is your turn. Horse Blender, some creature that's horse dove, and uh, Frogman attached to your butt. Okay, I have a few questions. Uh, so only is a there few. only a few. <laughs> only a few. This, dude, this is how I play. Every time it comes to my turn, I'm like, okay, I got I have I have three ideas. I got to frame it. Uh just real quick, is there a guy that's still in melee combat with someone right now? No. No. You have uh the horse monster which I said was about 30 feet away. Okay. And then you don't know what or where necessarily the other thing but all you have right now is the horse monster okay so i'm going to hmm, i'm going to uh just pat carol on the head and like the the horse blender is not leaving i can stay here uh and i am going to you know what first uh to help him i will uh create that i will when i say stay here He's gonna get a bardic inspiration, uh, and that moat of okay. uh, that moat appears next to him, uh, begin floating around okay. again. Um, and then I have two ideas. I don't know which one I want to do. I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna try this. Um, I I'm going to begin speaking infernal, uh, and my rapier begins to flare up again with that same energy. Uh, but this time, out okay. from the point of it, it creates a line, a beam that impacts into this crazy horse. Uh, and I'm casting Dissonant Whispers at it. Uh, it is a Wisdom Save DC 15. Okay. He does not pass. Now, what are the effects? Okay, so the effects are first, it takes 3d6 psychic damage. Ooh. Uh, which is oh, solid roll. That's 15 points of psychic damage. That's a four, five, and six. Uh, That's good. 15 points of psychic damage, followed by, since it failed, uh, it must immediately use its reaction to move as far as its speed allows it away is from that me. Because it would be frightened? It does not specify the frightened condition on it. It just says it runs. Really? Yeah. It, there is no. It okay. it does not. It is technically not frightened, because at on its turn, it won't be frightened of me. It'll just be far from us. <laughs> okay. 
So it has to right now run as far as it yep, can. Yep, it uses its reaction uh, to just move its speed. It can't dash on it, obviously. Okay. It runs 30 feet away from you Good. immediately. Good. It takes this rocking hit. You blow off its tentacle that it's balanced on. And as it begins to flop over, another appendage kind of comes out of its head to balance it. And it just three-limb stumbles <laughs> my, 30 feet away from you. My dissonant whispers stop momentarily as I'm trying to, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> like, just watching this. Um, but I'm just going to stay where I am because that worked. I'm just going to pat uh, Carol on the head, and I'm like, it, it's it wor- it's going away. It's going to come back, but I think about this time. <laughs> uh, maybe perhaps so it, it was now... a delayed reaction to my holy symbol. <laughs> it is now... <laughs> 60 feet away. Okay. Um, and... <clears throat> excuse me. It is Gran's turn. I'm telling you, these alley dogs, you hear the, the uh, barmaid, shut him up! <laughs> She's just all over town yelling at dogs. To be fair, I, as an alley dog, with this going on, would be upset. Right? I, as a, as a humanoid, am upset. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want none of this to be happening, and I saw it explode well with radiant damage, okay. so I'm going to try and use Sacred Flame, which has a DC deck save of 14. It passes. Well, fuck. I'm rolling fire tonight, guys. Stop that. Sorry. <laughs> the dice have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else, Gran? Nope. Nothing else. Just an old lady who can't smell sitting on her goat. Okay. So, Cass, it is your turn. What you notice as it's run 60 feet away and it watches... Now, that's... Uh, radiant damage, isn't it? What you just cast. This thing is no longer looking at you, because obviously this is all happening in action. It's not stopping and then waiting to get maybe hit and then running again. <clears throat> it ran. It watched this other guy. It's being shot at by this radiant damage. This thing is going to run away from you into town toward the docks. I may have sinned. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Is is it casting this turn? Is that right? It is. Yes, sir. So the first thought was to take up a defensive position around the uh, squishier allies, but having this brief realization that this I don't know. Horrific horse is galloping into a throng of drunk partygoers. Um, I'm going to mumble a curse under my breath and take off in a dead sprint after it. I grab the pickaxe kind of up high near the weight of the uh, damage dealing in so I can sprint with it uh, pretty ferociously. And I'm going to try to... uh, you know, to keep up with it at least. You're gonna dash up yeah. to it. Okay. 
Um, what's your dash then? You'd get sixty feet, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, can I can I get to it with that? With sixty feet, you get on it. Yes. Yeah, I get on like, it. You manage. Like you see, it's about to take off. You're gonna run and attack it anyways. And as you get closer, you realize it's about to take off from you. Sure. But you manage to put on a little extra effort and get there, which is good because on its turn, right after yours. <clears throat> It tries to leave your immediate. Now, this thing does not look good. You see it seeping this fluid. You see that its horse face is starting to blur. Whatever this thing is made of, or the consistency and vitality it has or is made of, is not doing well. So, you're going to get an attack of opportunity here, because otherwise, this thing's about to make it pretty much down into the docks perfect i'm gonna hold out the the ore pick kind of just like parallel to the ground and i'm hoping to kind of catch this thing as it flees for me along its flank and as it runs away i'm hoping to get that pick in there and have it rip itself open as it gallops away oh my god all right let's get that roll i got a 16 to hit and we're looking at 10 on the damage dice. So, as you get to it, you manage to bring your pick out. As it it doesn't just try to leap away from you or twist. Its whole body contorts around you to essentially move away. Not just try to run away, but you hear the cracking of cartilage and horse flesh and spine as it essentially congeals to get away from you. <clears throat> but at the last moment, you manage to catch it along one of its flanks. You manage to hook just behind what you now see are gills that have puckered up behind its jaw. And as it flings its weight away from you, you grab two-handed onto your pick and pull backwards. And its head... <laughs> separates from this gelatinous horse body that essentially pulls its head and spine out and lands a few feet away from you. You with just this macerated and and deformed horse head full of teeth hanging off of your pick. I'm gonna take the pick and kind of like shake it to get any of the goop off of there and then drop it to the ground and buckle over and grab my my knees and look around for any spectators No one would expect someone to have put a portable hole in the dead horse. That's a good point. 
This is all just a crazy illusion right now. That's right. This is a hardcore (laughs) magic show. You should go up to that horse because it's one of those, like, he's behind a mirror. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's got to be. Totally safe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.